It's episode 162 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Dan Luxton. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stuart Moses, for having me on the Improv London podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Let's talk about Duck Duck Goose and let's talk about Duck Duck Goose Online. Uh, what's been happening with that? Well, what's happening with that is we've, we've recently ended it, uh, very sadly. Uh, but for three years, it's been an absolutely fantastic ride. Uh, so most people probably know me as one of the hosts of Duck Duck Goose, uh, which is an improv jam night that's been running in South London for almost nine years at time recording. Um, and what people may also have noticed is that for a couple of years recently, uh, people weren't able to uh, go freely to South London and partake in an improv jam. Uh, well, I was about to say in, in person, um, in person is one of those funny phrases that we, we've tried to train ourselves not to say because online improv is still in person. They're, they're still there. They may be on the other side of the world, but they're still there. Um, so, so when we talk about the not online improv jam, we do this very clunky thing where we say duck the goose offline. Uh, so, um, so when the pandemic hit, um, we were very, I say we, it was mainly the show's founder, Vic, who took the initiative. Uh, and uh, we were one of the first improv, parts of the improv community um, that kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and moved online. So I think the first lockdown here in the UK hit um, in March 2020 or whenever it was. And I think we had one week off and then we were online. It was like, there were two weeks between the last offline jam and the first online jam. And we just carried on running it uh, every Monday evening, uh, but on Zoom. And at first we kind of got the same old faces that we knew from from the regular jam in Brixton. And then gradually people from the other side of the world suddenly somehow found us uh, because Obviously, everyone was suddenly in lockdown the world over. People were looking for improv. And because we were one of the first to um, say, yep, yeah, we're just doing our, our regular thing, but online, uh, that enabled us to, to be found. And uh, yeah, and so we ran it very successfully weekly throughout 2020, 2021. Uh, we came back to offline uh, in January 2022, but we kept it going as a monthly night, and we've just finished that in December 2022. We did our last Dutta Goose um, online, uh, but it's been, yeah, it's been absolutely marvelous. And I think the fact that that we were amongst the first to to try out this wonderful world of online improv really helped us make a lot of connections the world over. We might not have. Um, and it's uh, inspired other people as well because um, there there are other online jams that I've certainly been told we're basing this on Duck Duck Goose's model because that's that was their first online jam. 
Fantastic. So what's the duck, duck, goose model? I think a duck, duck, goose, and obviously th- this is something that every improv show that hopefully tries to do, but at duck, duck, goose, we do put a lot of focus on being as as friendly and as welcoming as possible, particularly to new improvisers. So we do, you know, both offline and online, we do try and present it as the Dr. Goose family, as I always call it, um, you know, as we are welcoming audience members, we're welcoming jammers to be part of this Dr. Goose community. And I think online, when you've got your own house in the background, your own flat or wherever, um, you're, you're not up on a stage, you're not in that kind of mentality of there's an audience in front of me and I will now perform. Uh, I think that that kind of more relaxed, welcoming, um, just we're all friends here, we're all happy to be with each other and the improv- the improvisation itself is going to be nice and wholesome and is going to be very much focused on just having a lovely time, treating each other with respect and not being too rude or too risque. I think that that is certainly that's what I think was the Duck the Goose model. And I think that, um, yeah, the the jams that I've been part of, such as there's a jam called uh, Yes And People, which is run by a lovely improviser called Sachin Sharma, who's based in Canada. Um, but he's he said that this is inspired by the Duck the Goose model. Uh, and... Yeah, he's a lovely facilitator and you can absolutely see that he's got that ethos of we're all friends here. We're all here to have a lovely, wholesome time. Um, I mean, that's that's not to say we didn't have our fair share of risque moments, but I think if if you are part of a community that welcomes each other into their homes week on week, then regular jammers you do know their foibles. You do know the kind of things they might do um, and the kind of people that they can be trusted to do that with and know that it is it is all in, it is intended in, in a spirit of fun and, and friendship as, a, as opposed to someone who just turns up and uh, just wants and swears and does uh, naughty scenes. Right. Yes, um, yes. Then... There's a certain amount of mm, let's keep an eye on that person, maybe. So, if people um, joined the jam while it was happening, what was the format? Because I'm aware pre um, now I'm getting really confused because you told me the different. So pre online when you yes. were offline before you were online. The last time I came to Duck Duck Goose, it was two person scenes from a hat followed by. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to tell you this. You know this better than I do. <laughs> so, uh, pre-2020, the structure of a Duck the Goose jam would be, as you say, two-person scenes. So um, if you want to take part in the jam, you give us hosts your name, we write your name down, put it in a hat or a bucket uh, and pull those names out and you're up there with a randomly assigned partner for a two-person scene. Then there'd be an act and then yes some montages um so everyone that was in two person scenes is back in in the random draw we pull out a group of names and they do a montage um 
then there'd usually be an interval, then a second team, and then a second lot of montages, and then a third team. I do not know how we packed all that in back in the day, but that's that's what we did for years and years until the pandemic. Uh, the off the the online jams were just jams, no acts. We didn't have any any guest acts at all, so it was two person scenes and then uh, then montages, and yeah, that that really worked for us online. And it also, I think, reminded us as we were running it of how much focus there should be on on the jams. And when we came back to offline at the start of 2022 uh, and, and we're still doing this structure now, it's just two acts because we, we're we now giving so much time to the two-person scenes, to, so much time to the montages. There's just no time for a third act. And also having only two acts means we finish earlier in the night as well. Uh, and I think having had that kind of lockdown of two years where people were kind of reassessing how much time they wanted to devote to to everything, to ha- how their lives were put together, how much time they want to socialise, how much time they want to do improv, uh, I I don't think we'd be able to get away now with doing a, a jam night that finished at quarter past 10, maybe even half 10. Now it's... 10 on the dot. It's a, it's a two hour show. We start at eight, we finish bang on 10. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, we wouldn't be able to get away. I think with, with doing a show that with starting a show now that ran longer than that. That's interesting to hear you say that people's attitudes have changed. Yeah. So uh, what works really well about doing an online jam and what works less well about doing an online jam? <laughs> From a duck duck goose perspective. From a duck duck goose perspective, um, the two person scenes, I think, work really well online. Um, I think we've we as the hosts have got more time to um, to work out uh, if. If someone would would if a new jammer, for example, benefit from being um, from the jam being rigged, or oh, should I say that the jam is sometimes rigged, and and being partnered with a more experienced jammer, um, I th- I think that having the chat facility in Zoom worked wonders because it was just lovely to see people just c- congratulating fellow jammers on a good scene in the chat. Um, and also for the non-English as a first language speakers, having that chat so people could explain what some of the concepts were and some of the prompts were. Um, I mean, I, I don't like to say that there were things about the online jam that didn't work, um, or at least didn't work as well. But obviously there there is all, always that, tension as a host of can everyone hear me does everyone understand what i'm saying uh are we going to get zoom bombed this week which did happen a couple of times in the in the very early months of it um so i as speaking as a host uh there was always that kind of anxiety about running an online jam about the the unknown even after three years about whether something unknown would happen 
that might throw the whole thing off with an on with an offline jam you're I know, well i know i am i'm much more comfortable and confident in just get out on stage right here's the spiel i've been saying it for years and years and years let's go let's do a show um tell me more about the rigging <laughs> i i knew you'd, you'd be on the hunt for more secrets about duck the goose because every time you have a, a duck the goose host on the podcast you're delving deeper and deeper for for secrets about how you run the show i love I, and yes you are entirely yes you spotted that and that's because i love the thought that goes into a duck duck goose jam and you know i've, I've been over the years and when i started coming i didn't realize that because i was too new an improviser and it's like, oh, hang on a second. Now I'm like, oh, yes. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that you might not necessarily be aware of. <laughs> so, I mean, the rigging of the jam, it's predominantly just who's going to go with who. So right now, with, with the current offline jams that we're running in Brixton, usually we'll have about three montages in a night. And each of those montages will definitely have one or two of us hosts in. There's never going to be a, a montage that doesn't have a member of the hosting team in it. Uh, you're also looking for a good mix of experienced players um, and newer players. Like we've, we're such a lucky night to have such a core of regulars, some of whom go back years, some of whom have been part of the, the Duck Biggest family for almost as, as long as I have. Um, and also you're looking for a good, a good mix of gender. Um, I mean, it is mind boggling to me that just like seven or so years ago in the early days of the Duck Jam, we were still referring to it as the eight man jam. That blows my mind that that recently it was just automatic vocabulary to, to just go here, here are the men. And um, and just female non-binary players would just be lumped in with with just here's the eight man jam, and if you're not a man, get with it. <laughs> uh, so so now it's either the eight person jam or just the jam. And, well, it's not even eight people usually anymore. That's the other weird thing that we were so fixated on. It has to be this number of people as well. Um. So yeah, so we'll be aiming for a, a good mix of of gender and experience and also having us or our best regulars best regulars um our, our most experienced regulars in in the jam as well um the two person scenes are still mainly random if there's someone who it's their first time doing improv ever we'll make sure they're with someone experienced and also will it's very rare that two hosts will be in the two person scenes together as well but the the two person scenes are still pretty much randomized i i entirely approve of all this rigging i think it's excellent and i love how yeah just the amount of thought that's gone into it i just think is and also unless you know it can just seem that it's random. <laughs> I mean, like when you speak to the host, I'm like, "Hang on a second. <laughs> There's a reason this goes so smoothly each time, and I approve wholeheartedly." I really so, should make the time to to speak to someone who's 
coming to Duck Goose for the first time and and just ask them, what do you make of it? <laughs> do, <laughs> do you understand what's going on? Because the, I think we, we're so used to it that just the whole thing of you come in and we ask if you want to jam, but we don't say, we don't always say, do you want to jam? We say, do you want to go in the bucket? <laughs> and if, if you've never been to Duck the Goose before and don't know that we've grabbed a, an ice bucket from underneath the bar and we're pulling the names out of that, that is <laughs> such a weird question. And I am amazed that no one has, has either did. just turned around and walked out or gone, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? So, yeah, let's let's talk about offline Duck Duck Goose. Yes. Non-online, I don't do. So um, you're now back weekly. Have you done? Yes. You've been back weekly, or have you started being back weekly? Um, not in 2023. No, uh, our our first. We will have done by the time this goes out. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. At the time of recording, our first show back is tomorrow. Right. Okay. So tell um, me, tell me what the plan is. The the plan um, is we're we're back at our new. A regular home in the Hope and Anchor in Where's Bristol. That? Tell me about that. I've never been to that one. It's a it's a lovely pub um, on Acre Lane in Brixton. It's the other side of Brixton from our old regular home of the Ephra Social, um, where I believe the room we used to be in is now a cocktail bar, and the back room we were sometimes in is now a Churchill themed escape room. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was obvious, really. Inevitable in retrospect, that's what was going to happen to those rooms. Yes. <laughs> yes, if, if you ever look at uh, old photos of, of the Duck Goose Jam from back when we were at the Ephra, there's always at least two portraits of Churchill in the background <laughs> looming over the improvisers. <laughs> the, the predominantly left-leaning politically improv community being overseen by at least two Churchills and the Queen. Yes, we should point out that they were part of the decor that came with the Ephra social <laughs> run. <laughs> it's not something we we hung up, especially for the jam. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so um, yeah, what's what's the new venue like? Tell me about that. So when we were thinking about coming back uh, towards kind of the end of lockdowns in twenty twenty one, when we were thinking about coming back, we had a choice of do we look for a new venue. Or do we throw ourselves on the mercy of Hoopla for a bit and use the Miller? Because Hoopla has said in the past, Hoopla had made overtures in the past about possibly using the Miller for a few Dutch Goose jams. And we were very, very lucky because we got to have our cake and eat it too, uh, because we reached out to Hoopla and they were very lovely and were absolutely happy to have us at the Miller for as long as we wanted. But also the Hope and Anchor emailed us out the blue and said, you're those people that used to do improv in Brixton. Do you want to do improv in Brixton again at our pub? Wow. So we emailed them back uh, and said, yes, please. Can we do it in a few months? Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. we'd, because we'd just reached out to Hoopla and we just agreed to use the Miller throughout January and February 22. And so... That was really such a stroke of luck because it let us ease our way back into doing offline improv in a familiar setting like the Miller with all the bells and whistles of the the, the proper stage and the proper lights. Uh, and 
people in the improv community know where the Miller is <laughs> and don't have to worry about working out if they can feasibly get to a new location. So we did two months at the Miller. That was fantastic. And then we started at the Hope and Anchor in March 22. And uh, and people followed us. People actually came back, people that had discovered us. People, well, first of all, people that discovered us online and people that had discovered us at the Miller then followed us back to, to our new home at the Hope and Anchor. So our current Duck Duck Goose family is this wonderful hodgepodge of people who first played with us online, people who first played with us at the Miller, people that have joined us in the last year or so, people that are, have been with us for years and uh, used to play with us at the EFRA. Uh, and the Hope and Anchor, yeah, it's lovely. The staff love us. The, it's um, such a friendly place to to do a jam. Um, so we're, we're upstairs there. We're in the upstairs room um, in a kind of weird L-shaped room. Uh, so so we so we've got the audience and we've got the stage area in front of them and then to the side of us there's just this this other bit of the room Uh, (laughs) but that that gives that gives us hosts somewhere to lurk um i mean i don't know if you remember the days that the ephra went to bring a blackout on a scene one of us would have to be lying flat on the ground with with one arm outstretched on a light switch so it didn't get in other people's way uh so yeah so the hope and anchor lovely venue and uh and most of the acts we've had there have been kind enough to say this is a lovely room to play it's a it's a lovely venue we found what's the process if we've got acts listening to this that want to perform duck duck goose well how, how do they go about that they can drop us an email, but not now because we're pretty much full up for the next few months. Uh, we'll we kind of tend to do three stages throughout the year of of opening Windows Tracks. So in December we'll open bookings for January through to April. Then in April it'll be May to July. We always take August off, but then in August we'll be opening bookings for september through to december so the next booking window is now going to open start of april and that'll be for may june july um and yeah acts can drop us an email at ddgimprov at gmail.com or they can fill in the form on our website uh which is ddgimprov.com so if they go to that website there's there's a contact form there that they can fill in um and we tend to, if if you want to play, we'll let you play until we've run out of slots. We're not, we don't go, no, you haven't had enough experience. Uh, no, we're, we're looking for this kind of act. If you're an improv team or, or, or a solo act or a duo and you want a slot, we'll give you a slot. But it is just a matter of just emailing us or filling in, filling in the contact form and letting us know the name of your team, how many of you there are what kind of thing you're going to do what can we expect from you um and and this is mainly for musical acts if you've got any tech requirements let us know you've got tech requirements far enough in advance so we can then say we don't have any tech bring your own tech <laughs> because our, our our setup is still pretty much a room 
and a light and a switch for the light. <laughs> we'll, we'll be very happy to make the space and help in any way we can if you have any tech requirements, but bring your own tech, please. Fantastic. And um, I, well, I, one thing I find uh, amazing is that people get into improv by doing a jam. Mm. I find that, I mean, I was terrified, I mean, maybe this tells you more about me than anything else, but I was terrified to turn up to my first hoopla, you know, beginner's <laughs> course. That was terrifying enough. Never mind starting my improv, I'm going to use the word journey, um, <laughs> like on stage. How how brave or foolish uh, your jammers are. But that, I mean... Yeah, that makes sense to me, the whole being terrified about starting a course, because you go in, you go into a room and there's some strangers. And then there's an awkward bit at the start where as a kind of icebreaker, you'll be asked to to talk about yourself and 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 listen to other people talk about themselves and, and have to try and process that and pass that and, and remember the the facts that your new friends have just given you. Whereas in a jam you walk in and you sit down and then when your name's called you go up and you're funny and pe and people are funny new improvisers uh, are amazing you're yeah you're you're right there is a certain amount of bravery in doing it but on the whole the vast amount of new improvisers are always hilarious they're always so much funnier than they think they are and that you're expecting them to be um so i I got into improv through Duck the Goose. That was my start in improv. I went along to Duck the Goose and then eventually they they asked me to host because I think I was just getting in the way otherwise. <laughs> I think I think I was just I was just naturally helping them clear away at the end of the night. And it was clearly this guy's getting in the way. We might we might as well make it official. Dan, do you wanna do you, you want to be a host now? <laughs> so yeah, I, I got into improv through jamming. It was it was a a couple of years, I think, before I did my first course. Um, and I think Duck Duck Goose certainly is, you know, we've, we've worked very hard to make it a good place for people to come, if they, even if they've never done a course, even if they've never done improv. Um, so, yeah, we, we get a lot of people in the jam, not every week, but I'd say most weeks there is someone in the jam who either has never done improv before or has done like a couple of drop-ins at some point and this is their first jamming experience um so i i think i i'd like to think that our night is is a, a good starting point for for improv um and that we we do provide the kind of atmosphere that makes people think oh, I, d I don't need to have i don't need to have done a course a course is something where i can develop these skills further but i don't need to have done it in order to to be welcome here and to be able to bounce off someone else on stage and to be able to get a laugh and to be able to to have a nice time um so i, I and i think it's because because i started by going to duck the goose i've always been very very keen on the idea of Duck the Goose as a place that can be a starting point, that can be a jumping on point for improv. 
I suppose there's something in the idea that you don't build up the fear of going on stage because you've already been on stage and that's just a thing that you do. I know that I, well, I did the Hoopla Beginners course three times because I was really, really enjoying it, but I was absolutely terrified of getting on stage. So, yeah, that's big. I can see that if you if you start by going on stage, it's going to have less fear for you, perhaps. I think so, but I think I think I think everyone has different things about the whole feeling of of, of performance and of jumping into this world that that makes them nervous that 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 they are worried about. Um, you know, I'm I am by nature a, a very shy person, so that whole kind of thing of of starting improv, as, as I said earlier, by by walking into a room of strangers and and having to to bond with them across eight weeks, uh, that that would terrify me. Um, whereas I think from memory, and obviously I'm thinking back seven and a half years now, from memory, my experience of starting jamming is just being confused for a bit until ah. i got it it's it just bit just, <laughs> just go you know going up on stage because my name's been called out and and just just kind of going along with it and not really following what was happening until that moment where i worked out what the moves were and what people were talking about and and then i was then i was with it it's really interesting that you describe it as as just having a long period of confusion and then it kind of clicks into place. I think I had that because for a long time, I'm like, I don't know why people do jams. I don't understand it. I'm still doing it. I'm not really having a very good time, but I kind of stuck with it. And then there was one night at um, Duck, Duck Goose where it all kind of clicked into place. I'm like, oh, now I understand. But I couldn't tell you what had caused that revelation i think it was just the case i'd done a certain amount and it's like and suddenly i don't know and if i was more confident or or what it was um but yeah it's weird that i, I don't know I, I find jams just confusing mystifying wonderful all at the same time <laughs> now ha- having listened in preparation for this to your podcast with a few other members of team Dark goose would I be correct in thinking that this jam would be the Shadow Lord jam? It would be the Shadow Lord jam. But because I'd I'd forgotten about the Shadow Lord until I listened to Steph Mann's episode of the podcast. Um, and thinking back, I can't remember anything about that jam with any clarity. I can't remember the, the incongruous settings in which your character of the Shadow Lord found himself or any of the characters that he spoke to. My one memory of of that is of the last line, which is, I am the Shadow Lord, which you turned and delivered just so confidently and boldly to the audience. Uh, and then, bam, blackout, lights down, perfect ending to the night. But that's the thing. We... We don't remember the specifics of the jam. We don't remember the the specific lines that people said or the moves that you did what we remember about that jam is the fact that you had a lovely time yes that's that's the abiding memory of of that jam and i've i feel like that's that's a good lesson for improv we don't remember the specifics of what we did we just remember how we made it uh, how it made us feel 
Yes, because if you try and describe the specifics afterwards, I always say it's like describing a dream. It was kind of pretty amazing if you were there, but if you just try and describe what happened afterwards, people are going, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's not as much fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, that was it was an amazing night, and um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think the opening my opening words were "I am the Shadow Lord," and then the, yeah, I can't. I wish I could remember who it was. Somebody set me up to deliver that last line for the show, but I cannot remember who it is. Um, never mind. Yes, that 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 moment was like, oh, okay, now I understand why people like jams. So if if you're not enjoying jams, well, either don't do them but or carry on and then you'll get there in the end and it'll it'll all fall into place hopefully um but yes you're obviously very much involved in duck duck goose but you are not only involved in duck duck goose tell me about pirate prov pirate prov is one of i think there's probably a few teams floating around the improv community now that began life at the hoopla marathon as a <laughs> silly idea <laughs> and, and 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 have just carried on as a team. So Pirate Prov is exactly what it sounds. It is a bunch of improvisers doing scenes as pirates. So we've all got pirate costumes. Uh, it's it's one of those teams where we have a lovely time dressing up. And um, Pirate Prov is it's an interesting team because we've got our set characters. By which I mean, it's it's a pirate rank, and then our own name. So quartermaster Dan, Captain Allison, and so on. And so those are kind of our starting characters. But then we'll we'll branch off and and be other characters within the the world we're creating. Uh, but we we've always got those uh, our pirate our piratical alter egos to to return to. Um, so yeah, so that was that began life at the Hoopla Marathon a, a few years ago now, but then we just started doing sets at mainly at Duck the Goose, but uh, at a couple of other nights. Um, we didn't really do anything during the pandemic, but we uh, did make sure to rehearse together over Zoom um, every week throughout the pandemic, uh, and now we are part of a new monthly night that's just started uh, as part of a double bill with Improv the Dead, which is another of those high-concept improv teams, which is just as Pirate Prov is Improv with Pirates. Improv the Dead is Improv with Zombies. Um, so Improv the Dead uh, is the, the brainchild of um, Tim Dawkins, who is a lovely man and owner of the finest collection of Doctor Who themed T-shirts on the improv scene. Uh, and I think it really appealed to him to to do a kind of double bill of those high concept genre narrative teams. So he he um, instigated this new monthly night, which is Zombies Improv Pirates or Zip, um, <laughs> as I don't think anyone calls it. Um, and that's that's every second Tuesday of the month at the Queen's Head, which is near Piccadilly Circus. Um, so we've done a, a, we've only done a couple of of those nights so far, but that is that's going well. And that's another night. Um, well, that's another night with a jam because having seen the Duck Duck Goose model, I think it appealed to to Tim 
to do a night with a jam so that there, there was extra incentive for the audience to come along and so that the audience could play with the zombies and the pirates. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely lovely to have that. Um, cause I'm, I'm also in sometimes I'm in improv the dead. So it's very nice for me because it's, it's technically two of my teams playing together. Although, um, it given, I was about to say given the choice, there's not really a choice because there's about 30 odd people in improv the dead and there's only four of us in pirate prov. So it's not really a choice. I do always have to play in pirate prov. Um, so when you're when you're playing in pirate prof, um, what do you ask the audience for anything? What do you ask for, and then what do you do with it? So our current format is to do a, a lot of short form games. Um, so, but with a piratical twist. Um, <laughs> so, of, so yeah, there'll, there'll be a version of of. Um, new choice which we've called shore leave switcheroo where the the get that we're asking for from the audience is the the name of a of a tavern and one of the pirates will, will go into the tavern and then we'll do a new choice scene between the bartender and that pirate um <laughs> uh, um and we do a version of of pillars that we've called plankety plank <laughs> I'm already having a lovely time, and I haven't even. <laughs> uh, and one thing we've dabbled in doing, um, because what? Because I feel the natural end to a pirate-themed show would be for a sea shanty. But some of us, and mainly me, are not musically talented at all. So, what we've tended towards any our shows with recently is a limerick um so it's it's got that kind of rhythm rhythmic pattern it's the same kind of thing of we're summing up everything we've done in the previous games and the previous scenes in verse but it's it's in the form of a dirty limerick as opposed to actually having to sing or play any instruments that's really lovely actually because it's a nice way to tie things together and people go, oh, yeah, it was that thing in that game. And, oh, look, they've put that in the limerick. Yay! <laughs> and I feel that delight as well, even though I know what you're doing. So that's a lovely way to And play. And also, the, it's that old thing of the audience enjoying watching the player suffer because <laughs> they've seen one of us clearly set up another person with a terrible rhyme. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds delightful. Um and you're also involved with the confusingly named Plus Support. The deliberately confusingly named Plus Support, yes. It would be awful if it was accidentally awkwardly named. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, someone once asked me, at uh, uh, the lovely um, Brighton uh, Jam Night Scoops, someone asked me the, the best question I've ever been asked by anyone in, in the improv community, which is how do you come up with names? for improv teams and I just went I've been waiting all these years for someone to ask me that um I I myself didn't come up with with the name plus support plus support is um Sarah Davis and and Paul Little are the are the the binary sons at the heart of the plus support solar system and the rest of us kind of orbit around them uh but it's it's very much they're they're in in creative control of it 
but Plus Support is such a lovely team to be part of um, because as a central conceit, it it is very deliberately the kind of show that that you can take anywhere because the the central conceit is we're doing a show based around a town not unlike the town we're in. Ooh, lovely. So we'll be asking the audience for suggestions of things they might hear around the town and suggestions of locations in the town that we can set our scenes in. So not only is it the kind of thing that lends itself very well to leaving London and, and doing shows um, in in other places, but it's also the kind of thing that lends itself well to non-improv audiences because they come up with the best suggestions of random things that you'll just hear on the street outside. Um, so we've, we've done shows in Folkestone, in Faversham, in Canterbury, uh, and those have been just such lovely gigs to do because it's not an not your typical improv audience mm. um and and because we're we're not just um doing another show in london and referring to london things we we as um well i'm certainly london based i'm now being forced to to talk about canterbury concepts and folkestone places as if i know what they are and i, I know what i'm talking about uh, and the audience love Again, the whole thing of watching the player suffer. The audience loved the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about, and and that clearly we've got no idea what's going on. There, there is there is a um, a very specific uh, way of fun for the audience when the audience are in on the joke, but the performers aren't. And uh, yeah, that, that's a very yes, very... absolutely. Uh, plus, support um, went to uh, the Sweden Impro Fest. Um, last year it was my first ever time going to an international improv festival i've no idea how i've left it this long because i had the best time of my life it was so wonderful to do an international festival but when we did our set the suggestion was um was statues uh the 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 town we were in was famous for statues and i thought that's a bit odd it's very strange and then it was only like two days later when when we had a day off and we were wandering around Gothenburg and there were statues everywhere. I was like, I get it now. I get, this, this is hilarious to them. They live they live in this city where there are statues everywhere. This is hilarious to watch us take the Mickey out of it. But uh for us on stage, you know, having been stuck in a theatre for the whole week and not actually having had a chance to explore Gothenburg yet. Uh, we're just statues. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll just, just, yeah, there's some statues around. I love it. I love it. I've, I'm sure I've had shows where I've not known some vital thing that maybe the other players have known or the audience have known, and then I'll encounter it in everyday life. I'm like, oh right, okay, that's why that show two weeks ago was so funny. <laughs> but it's nice. It's a nice. It's a nice way to learn about the world. Oh, that yeah. Those those are. The best shows are the ones from ignorance. <laughs> Whereas if you do a show where you know too much, that can get quite boring for the audience because you might get bogged down in, in your own knowledge. I've got a couple of big final questions. <laughs> um, I mean, um, they'll probably surprise you as to what they are. Um, but I do want to say that Johnny Briars, who was a guest on the Improv London podcast 
a mere five years ago on episode 84, <laughs> and is sometimes known as Duty Booty. Yes. He was the person that set me up at the end of that jam to say, I am the Shadow Lord. And, then <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I know who this is. Anyway, um, so that's who it was. So thank you very much. Uh, I don't know how many years ago we did that, but thank <laughs> you. about time I thanked him uh, on the podcast. Johnny and I used to be in a, in a team together called Ramshackle. I will say this on record, on microphone. Johnny is the person who has made me corpse more in both rehearsals and shows than any other person. He's just, he's, every word that comes out of his mouth is hilarious. It certainly is. It certainly is. Fantastic. Okay, so if someone were to step on stage of you at Zip or DGG mm -hmm. or anywhere else, what could they do to delight you? Uh, they could, they could make me an offer that clearly sets the scene in a place where you wouldn't expect to see an improv scene. Oh, lovely. So an unusual, a very unusual um, location or time period, um, just so something that's just fr from the off, clearly this, this is a, a specific scene that's, you know, that's not, not reliant on, um, oh, we're in the modern day and we're normal people and now we're just going to fumble around and, and find the, the emotional connection. Um, so I, I love, I love being in scenes like that. I love, love, love watching scenes that are clearly set somewhere or somewhen very odd. Yes. Um, and um, when you do histrionics with Tim, I love, I love the historical nature of that that particular show because it just. I'm very proud of his show on it. Yeah, uh, that and uh, that was born of of wanting to see more scenes that weren't set in the modern day and and that were were set in in an unusual time or place. Um, and on the other hand, there was a, a desire of wanting to play more with Tim because we had a good chemistry and and then it was. At very short notice, there was a slot valve at Duck the Goose jam the, the idea of wanting to do a history thing uh, together with the idea of wanting to do more improv with Tim and histrionics was born. It it was never intended to be histrionics with Dan and Tim. Tim was just there at the time, and I'm very lucky that he's gone along with it for so long. <laughs> and what uh, what would you say that your signature move was? What, uh, what do you do that saves the day, brings down the house, How's everyone going? Classic Dan Luxton. <laughs> I I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this because when I told Brendan Way that I was going on the podcast, he told me what my signature move was. <laughs> so oh I don't God. have to think about it at all. He's told me already. And my signature move, apparently, classic Dan Luxton is climbing on the chairs or climbing into the audience or d doing something physically unexpected. <laughs> That is that is fantastic. I think we can all we can all learn something from you there. <laughs> fantastic. Well, um, I've only got one more thing to say to you, and that is thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Oh, well, thank you. It's been absolutely lovely. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be number one six two. <laughs> oh, I have got one more thing to say. I am the Shadow Lord. <laughs> 
made this. That's improv! <laughs>